give it up that you might fast and pray and see God for an outpouring of the Holy Ghost. Amen. I want to see God pour out His Spirit in this church. Amen. We've seen it, I think it was a year or two ago. Amen. When Brother Goldie came here from Fairfield. And he had those that wanted the Holy Ghost lined up in the front. And we had, I think it was three that received the Holy Ghost that day in one service. That was the most we've had in this church. But it won't be the record, amen, for a single service here at ALC. And uh, my my desire, my vision, amen, is that the service would come and it could perhaps be this coming Sunday, amen, that this church house be packed, amen, beyond capacity, amen, and, uh, and there be a dozen or so receive the Holy Ghost in one service. God can do it. Amen. But God wants us to be a part of it. God wants to use us. You say, how does God use me? God will use you through praying and fasting for the service. God will use you through uh, coming to church. Amen. Prayed up on Sunday morning. So much so that you can help You can help pray for somebody else to get the Holy Ghost. A lot of times we fall into the trap of coming Sunday morning. And we need a breakthrough for ourselves at the, new, the first time visitor. There's nobody to pray with them. So if we'll come, amen, Sunday morning, full of the Holy Ghost, praying and fasting up and seeking the face of God, amen, we will have overflowing cups that others can uh, enjoy the blessing and the overflow of, and they can receive the Holy Ghost. For many years, my prayer was, God, use these hands right here, God, these two hands. Use these hands, not somebody else's hands, but use these hands. To lay, on, lay, to, to lay them on somebody's forehead and that I can watch them receive the Holy Ghost and I pray for them. Because a lot of times, I, many times it's growing up thinking, oh, it's just the, the big name preacher from out of town that comes in with this nice suit and, and briefcase, which they don't use briefcases anymore. But And we would, I would think as a child, only that kind of a man could pray for somebody to receive the Holy Ghost. But I began to realize through the years that God could use me if I'll, if I'll get in perfect alignment with God, with His will. And uh, I believe that God wants to use the church here, amen, to work the altars and to pray for people to receive the Holy Ghost and to see great things take place. And so just want to continue to remind you about the one-a-days to be faithful and giving those out uh, this week. Amen. There's seven that you got and we're on day number four and looking forward to what is going to come out of passing out the one of days um, and so a lot of great things that are happening and uh, Proverbs chapter 29 and verse number 18 it says where there is no vision the people perish but he that keepeth the law happy is he where there is no vision the people perish but he that keepeth the law happy is he and I want to talk for a few moments tonight on a vision for the church a vision for the church. If we could set our Bibles aside and ask the Lord to help us tonight. Amen. Lord, we thank you for the privilege that we have to come into your presence. That we can come here tonight and we can feel God. And we can worship you, God, with liberty, with freedom, and with boldness, God. We're not worried about authorities coming in to arrest us for worshiping in the name of Jesus. Or preaching in the name of Jesus. But we have... This freedom, Lord, and we want to take full advantage of it tonight to worship you, God, with all of our hearts. We love you, Jesus, and we praise you. 
In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. You can be seated. Amen. And I was thinking as we were praying, amen, I've heard testimonies of uh, the underground churches in China, amen, that uh, several missionaries have talked about. When they go to church in China, uh, if you're not a part of a state-run church and you have to go to an underground church, uh, it's so secretive and you can't hardly make a sound. Um, but we don't have that limitation tonight. We can worship God with all of our hearts. Amen. If you shouted out hallelujah in the midst of a service, nobody would look and say, oh my gosh, what's going on over there? But they would probably join along with you. And so we want to worship God with, with liberty and with freedom tonight. Um, a vision for the church, Proverbs 29, 18, where there's no vision, the people perish. And I was praying and, and was thinking and uh, contemplating in the last several uh, days about a, a vision for the church. Uh, oftentimes you, we come here week in and week out, Wednesday nights, Sunday mornings. Uh, many of you come on Monday night prayer and, and Saturday night prayer and sometimes Saturday morning outreach and prayer and Thursday night uh, music practice and, and then there's Thursday night women's Bible study and there's all these different things that are going on on a regular basis. And we are not doing the things that we're doing to spin our wheels and to just sort of keep busy and to uh, pass the time more agreeably. Uh, but it is something that we're doing because we are working towards an end goal. Amen. We're working to see the house of God full. But beyond that, we're working to see, amen, the church, uh, the believers, the people in the church become believers and, and have some convictions and have some further revelations and understandings of what it is to live for God. And begin to, through the preached word of God, the mirror that is the word of God, begin to see, amen, what it is that God wants us to become. Amen. It's not the will of God. We've said it a thousand times and we'll keep saying it. It's not the will of God that we stay where we are, but that we continue to move forward and we continue to progress. Amen. And, and, and as we're talking about a vision for the church uh, I want to tell you that the things that we are doing today or the things that we are not doing today will be magnified later on down the road as the years progress, as we grow as a church. Amen. There's certain things, amen, that uh, we've, we've uh, harped on many times. We were just a few of us and how important it is to just to call one another brother or sister. Amen. That's not bro. That's not dude. That's not. Hey, yo, that's. Brother Josh, that's Sister Monica, uh, different things like that, because as we continue to grow, amen, we want there to be that familiar feel of a family. It's the family of God, and, and there's different elements that we'll harp upon, and we'll try to make sure that we don't miss out uh, on having that complete revelation of how to behave ourselves in the house of God. Because when we're, as we continue to grow, and the church will continue to grow, if we get down some foundational bedrock truths, Amen. They'll keep, they'll make sure that the church is on steady and solid ground as we continue to grow. Amen. I would tell you, amen, perhaps maybe I'm crazy, but maybe also there's an element of faith coming through the next few words. But this church membership could eventually reach a thousand people. Amen. I'm not here, amen, to just, amen, patty cake with just... As one preacher said, us four and no more. But I believe that it's God's will, amen, amen. amen. that the church have tremendous revival. Amen. And this church be a model for other churches, amen, amen. throughout the, 
United States of America, but make no mistake about it, it could very well reach a thousand members and beyond. Amen. And, and there's great things that God has in store for this church. Amen. And it's so important that we get the right vision. We get the vision right. Amen. And we get a vision from God and not just any old vision. Amen. For our church. If we operate on a faulty vision, we have a, in the word of God, a Saul of Tarsus. Amen. Saul of Tarsus thought he was doing the will of God. He had a vision from God that all Christians would be destroyed. He had a vision, but he had the wrong vision. And it's my job, amen, tonight to make sure that the vision, amen, that is cast out, that is cast forward for the church is a proper vision, is a God-given vision, amen, to to ensure that we're not uh, ensnared down the road by different things that we've allowed to creep into the church unawares, but that we, we keep our eyes fixed on a finished product. We're seeing what the church should be like. We're seeing what our lives should be like and what should consist of a, a godly Christian family and a godly Christian home. And the vision is cast forth in the pulpit out of pulpit. And we can see, okay, that's what I need to, that's where I need to go. Those are the adjustments I need to make to get from where I am to where I need to be. And there is a vision that God has, amen, for the church of the living God in 2018. Amen. Because the church, amen, that I'm preaching about, the model for the church it's not a it's not a model that is that is outdated. It's not a model that is uh, that is expired, but it is something that is still current. Amen. What God has in store for abundant life center. It's in Matthew chapter five and verse number 13 that we we hear the words of Jesus say, "Ye are the salt of the earth. But if the salt have lost his savor, wherewith shall it be salted it is thenceforth good for nothing. But to be cast out and to be trodden underfoot of men. Ye are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Amen. The church is symbolic of a city that is on a hill that cannot be hid. A, a, a light that is uh, that is not uh, encumbered by anything that would uh, that would cover its light from being shined abroad. Amen. But uh, the church should be just that: a city set upon a hill. Amen. And I believe that the church in 2018, amen, Abundant Life Center could be very, could very well be one that has, amen, influence beyond even our own city limits, amen. But what comes out of the church right here in Lathrop, amen, could have profound influence abroad because the Bible says, Jesus said, ye are the salt of the earth. He didn't say you're the salt in your own house only. He didn't say you're only only the salt in your city, but he said you're the salt of the earth. Amen. There is far reaching influence that you can have if you'll make sure, amen, that you stay in my hand. And I believe that God wants the Abundant Life Center to be a church that has far reaching influence, amen, even influence into city halls, amen, and federal courthouses. Amen. In different chambers of society, the church of the living God could have profound influence. Amen. I believe that the church, amen, the vision for our church, the the Abundant Life Center, that we should be front and center. Amen. It should be that other churches come to Abundant Life Center to see how do you do Sunday school on Sunday mornings? How do you do midweek services on Wednesday night? How do you do outreach on Saturdays? 
Amen. How do you do this? Because, amen, the church here in Latham can be its most effective when it's following the pattern that is set forth in the Word of God and the vision that God has given myself as a pastor, your humble, amen, servant tonight. Amen. But I believe that the church, amen, should be front and center. And when people in this area mention in casual, in passing the church in Latham, they're not referring to First Baptist Church or First Presbyterian Church or, or First Episcopalian Church, but they're referring to Abundant Life Center. Because this church, you and your family, me and my family have, have, have lived our lives with, on, on purpose. Amen. And in such a way that people see that's what, amen, the church of God looks like. Amen. When Jesus, when the, when the prayer went forth, amen, then let your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Amen. I want to tell you there's a divine model that God has for the church of Abundant Life Center. There's a divine model that God has in store, amen, for our families and for our church. And we've got to find out, amen, what is that perfect model? How do I find myself in perfect harmony with the will of God? How do I get in perfect alignment with His will for my life? How do I come under the umbrella of that authority in my life that I might have the blessings of God rained down upon me? Hallelujah. I believe, amen, that we can have... Amen. A premier Sunday school program model that would impact the next generation of young children, of young people, of young adults, and so on and so forth. Amen. I believe that it could be, amen, Sister Cameron, in 15 years that a Wesley Hoyle steps behind the pulpit and grabs a microphone and says, a lot of the things I learned, I learned in Sunday school because uh, the Sunday school program taught me about the things of God. It taught me how to pray. It taught me how to, how to live for God. And, and what I learned, I learned in Sunday school. And others could come back, perhaps, Brother Paul. In 10, 15 years, and Elijah Duarte or, or whomever in Sundays in the youth department say it was in the youth service, amen, when Brother Paul was preaching, amen, that I felt the call of God into the ministry, amen, because of a dynamic youth ministry, because of a dynamic, amen, a sold-out youth ministry team that said, I'm not going to be satisfied with average youth ministry, with average Sunday school programs, but I want to have a move of God in my Sunday school class. A move of God in my youth ministry. A move of God in the youth service. I'm not content. Amen for a sermonette. I want a move of God. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Oh, glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I don't know how many are going to come out I don't know the full extent or the maximum number of people. I don't know if there's a maximum number of people that could come out of Haven of Peace, Sister Dee, uh, through the years and say, I remember hearing a message, a testimony that it was a, it was a Sister Dee that was there on a Thursday night that told me her testimony, that, that gave me a word from God. It was, it was because of a women's ministry that went forth in French camp. Amen. That I, that I felt God began to put my life back on the right track. And because somebody determined in their hearts, I'm going to give myself to the study of the Word of God and to prayer. And I'm going to teach a lesson. I'm going to connect to somebody that the society has kicked to the curb, if you will. And society has, has they beat them up in there. And the women come in bruised and battered and, and sometimes strung out on drugs. But because somebody 
will continue to grow. And I don't know, perhaps it could be in a year or two down the road that we're at many women's centers teaching Bible studies, teams of ladies going out teaching Bible studies, loving kids that have no fathers. Say, hey, there's one that will love you. There's one that will be an everlasting father to you. I'm just allow me tonight for a few moments. Amen. I believe that from the abundant life center of this church. And I'm not in any way trying to give myself credit or glory. But I'm telling you, there's, 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 there are some things, amen, that God wants to deposit into the spirit of this church. Amen. That from your family, from my family, amen, from your loins could come out, amen, missionaries that could evangelize the foreign world, the foreign land. Amen. I believe that from this church, Abundant Life Center, there could come, amen, perhaps somewhere along the line, a young person, a young adult that says, I feel a call to the mission field. I feel a call to go, amen, to the far lands of Africa or Asia or Europe. I feel a call of God. God's speaking to me to go and to start a church. Hallelujah. Amen. I believe that God could raise up, even from this church, people to go out and start home missions works in cities that have no church, no pastor currently. Amen. I believe that God can do it. Amen. If we will allow God to talk to us, if we'll allow God to deposit some things into our spirit and say, hey, hey, this thing's bigger than you and your, your little world of influence. God wants to expand your reach. God wants to expand your influence. Amen. God wants you to reach out to a city that's got no pastor. Hallelujah. And it could be that God raises up evangelists. God may put it on your heart, your child's heart, to be a doctor, a lawyer, to be wildly successful and still live for God. And still live for God. I think a lot of times there's this notion, amen, in the, in the church, that you can't be anything in this world career-wise because you're forsaken the things of God. But I believe on the contrary, that God can call the doctor, the lawyer, God can call the scientist, amen, to, to, amen, to, to live for God and to, to be more effective Amen. In that specific area where God calls you to. Amen. I believe that God can save the judge, the attorney. Amen. Just like I believe God can save the convict and the drug addict. God can save them from all walks of life. Amen. God can do it time and time again. He's done it. Amen. I believe that the day will come. Amen. When there is. Amen. From Abundant Life Center. A alcohol and drug addiction recovery program. Amen. Because there's many that we've seen, amen, even in the, in the short time that we've been here, some alcoholics come in and they need radical help. They need a constant attention. Uh, the, the drug addict needs a lot of help and a lot of assistance. Amen. And we prayed and we've seen God do it. Amen. But I believe that there, there's, uh, there's some things more that we can do to help the drug addict and the alcoholic. Amen. I believe that God can deliver in, in a service, in a single minute flat, but for some others, amen, it's a process of recovery. It's a process of coming off of addictions and hangups and obsessions. And I believe that God, amen, will one day put in somebody's heart to start some of these things that we're talking about tonight. Amen. I believe tonight that it is the will of God 
that there be Bible studies that go forth on a regular basis. Amen. Not just in your homes, but I believe in your high schools. In the schools where the kids are going to school. In the, in the neighborhood, amen. Whether it be uh, with your neighbors that are in your near vicinity or, or those co-workers that you have at your job. Amen. I believe that there should be and there could be and God wants there to be Bible studies that are going forth on a regular basis. Where somebody says it's inconvenient, but I'm going to make time. Because if I don't teach my neighbor a Bible study, if I don't give my co-worker a Bible study, Nobody will. When I get to heaven, God will say, Sister Raina, I put Jane Doe in your world of influence. What did you do with that? Brother Tim, I put John Smith in your world of influence. What did you do with that? But I believe that God wants this church to engage in the missio Dei, the mission of God, the work of God to reach, to reach, to teach, to keep, Amen. People that God brings our way. But in order for the vision of God, amen, to be made reality in our church and in my life, in your life, there must be somewhere along the line, somewhere along the way, there must be a burning bush experience. Amen. Where a Moses steps out of the field and it sees off in the distance a bush that's burning and it's yet not consumed. And God calls Moses out of the mediocrity, out of mediocrity, out of the shadows, amen, from just tending to the sheep. And God says, Moses, I want to do a great work through your life. But there must be a burning bush experience that you and I have where God begins to speak to us, where God begins to wrestle with us, where God begins to get a hold of our lives. And we relinquish the control of our lives. We relinquish the way we think. We think things ought to be. And we say, God, your will above my will. Come on, there has got, there's got to be a burning bush experience that takes place in your life. Will you say, God, I've come in contact with glory. Come on, I want us to lift our hands and just talk to the Lord for a moment right now. Come on, God wants to call somebody tonight out of mediocrity. God wants to call somebody tonight out of complacency. God wants to call somebody tonight out of a, out of a lackadaisical mindset. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Saul of Tarsus had to be kicked off of his high horse that God could speak to him. Somewhere along that road to Damascus, Saul of Tarsus had to be kicked off that horse and that bright light shined upon him and says, it is hard for thee to kick against the prince. I am the Lord. I am Jesus whom thou persecutest. Somewhere along the line, Saul of Tarsus had to have that experience with God. Somewhere along the line, Peter had to decide within himself, I'm going to get out of the comfort zones of my life. I'm going to step out of the boat and I'm going to allow God to use me. I'm going to allow myself to walk on faith. 
Amen. To trust in God. Amen. Not in anything else but the Word of God. There's got to be some burning bush experiences. There's got to be, amen, some road to Damascus experiences. There's got to be some Peters getting out of the boat. There's got to be some all-night wrestlings with God. Some all-night wrestlings with God. Do you want to stay in the shadows, Moses? Do you want to stay on the backside of the desert, Moses? Are you content, Moses? Maybe if you stick it out long enough, Moses, you can take over your father-in-law's sheep. You can have all the wealth he's got out there in the mountains. Or Moses, are you desirous of a little bit more in God? Are you willing to have a burning bush experience where God calls you? And God speaks to you. And God says, Moses, there's more that I intended for your life. It's a lot of times we find ourselves just kind of coasting through life thinking, I'm okay. I'm not in Egypt no more. That's part of Moses said. Well, I thank God I'm not in Egypt no more, God. You brought me out of Egypt. I'm not in slavery. But it's not enough to just be out of Egypt. God wants to use somebody. Amen. God wants to put his hand upon somebody's life. Do you want to stay in the comfort and familiar territory of the boat, Peter? Or are you willing to risk it all to see the power of God in your life? Some people are, they're so scared. Some people are so scared of the unknown that they do nothing all their lives. Because I'm scared. I get out of the boat. What would happen? I might drown. But if I stay in the boat, Listen with all my friends. If I stay in the boat, at least I know I'm going to be okay. Everything's going to be all fine. Everything's going to be okay. But Peter, what happens if you get out of the boat? There's a potential that God has for your life that you have yet to realize, Peter. If you just simply say, God, I know you're calling me out to do more for you than I've ever done. I know you want me to be blessed, God. I know you want to use me. Amen. Up to this point, Peter did not know. Peter did not know that he would be the one to preach the gospel message in Acts chapter number 2. All he knew was that God called me to be a disciple. Well, at least I'm a disciple. At least I'm following Jesus. At least I'm serving the Lord. At least I'm not living for self no more. But Peter, there's more that God has for your life. Get out of the boat, Peter. Get out of the boat, Peter. Walk by faith. I believe there's people here tonight that want more from God. Say, God, I'm not going to be satisfied with just average and ordinary, commonplace. I want, I want all you've got. Some of us need to get greedy in the Holy Ghost and say, God, I want it all. God, I want everything that you promised me, God. I want everything that you've got in store for me, God. God, if my brother doesn't want his blessing, God... Give it to me, God. I'll take what he refuses, what he, what he leaves on the altar, God. I'm going to pick it up, God. I'm going to take it, God. I want the blessings of God upon my life. I want everything that you've got in store for me. And the vision of the church is a people of God that refuse to be satisfied with just average and commonplace and the ordinary and just 
life within these four walls. Amen. But God's calling you and your family to reach out. Reach out beyond yourselves. And to touch the hurting. Amen. Whether it be a Thursday night Bible study or to minister to, amen, to people in need. Amen. Whether it be through uh, music ministry on Sunday morning, touching those that have come hurting. Whatever area of ministry would be, God says, reach out from yourself and touch somebody else and bring them to where I am. Hallelujah. These experiences as I close. These experiences that Peter had, that Moses had, Saul of Tarsus had. These experiences move, move them forward from merely existing in life to being more closely aligned to the essence of what God intended for them to live in. Those experiences propelled them from a state of mere existence Amen. To experience in the essence of the word of God, of the promises of God in their life. Amen. It was folks that said, I'm going to get out of the existential state that I'm living in. And I'm going to find me some essence of the word of God for my life. Hallelujah. I will not be satisfied with where I am. But I've got to have more in God. I want God to move me forward. I want more of him. Hallelujah. And this is the process of moving from a categorized state of being to a creation in its pristine and perfect form, undiluted, unmutilated, or the God-intended essence of humanity. Amen. It's God's will that you and I, amen, get to a place of perfect spiritual alignment that we can step into spiritual dominion and spiritual authority and begin to cast out devils and begin to lay hands on the sick and watch them recover and begin to pray for people to receive the Holy Ghost. It's the will of God for this church. Hallelujah. It's the will of God. Amen. That you and I will be in perfect harmony, perfect alignment with His will. God, I want your perfect will for my life. Hallelujah. Dr. Nathaniel Wilson defines essence as the peculiar nature of a thing, the very substance, that which constitutes the particular nature of a thing or and which distinguishes it from all others. It is a thing in its pristine, perfectly pure form. Amen. There is a perfect plan of God that he's got in store for each one of your lives. Amen. There is a perfect, undiluted, unmutilated plan of God for every family here tonight. And it is the business of the devil to come in and to sow tares amongst the wheat. It's the will of the devil, amen, to, to throw you off course and to, see, to get you to compromise and then say, had God said, did God really say that? Did God need that? I'm going to tell you tonight, there's a perfect, undiluted, unmutilated plan for of God for your family, for your life. Hallelujah. I believe that with all of my heart tonight. And I'm still trying to get it perfect alignment, perfect harmony. Because I want the glory to flow down. I want the presence of God to come upon me. I want that perfect essence of the promises of God realized in my life. Yele mo shondo roko shatala rado shandai. 
Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. And the only way to bring ourselves back into alignment with God's spirit is for the confrontation of self to occur in a man or woman's life. You've got to confront yourself a lot of times. There's things that you know about that I'll never know about. There's things that some husbands know about that wives don't know about and vice versa. And only you know about some things. And there are some things where you've got to confront self and you've got to say, hey, self, hey, buddy, hey, I'm looking at you in the mirror. Yeah, you, I'm talking to you. You've got to get over some things. You've got to address some issues in your life. You've got to deal with some hurts and some disappointments. You've got to say, I'm going to deal with you right now on my knees in prayer. I'm going to wrestle it down. That I might allow that perfect alignment to take place in my life. Amen. There's some unconfronted things that you and I have yet to deal with. Amen. But until we take it before God in a time of prayer and say, God, I'm giving it to you. I'm confronting myself. I'm confronting the urge to hold on to bitterness. I'm confronting the urge to hold on to anger, to hold on to disappointment, to hold on to spite, to hold on to a grudge. I'm going to confront some things. God, I've got to confront them. And Moses was confronting self at that burning bush experience. God was depositing some words into Moses' life. And God, and God was causing Moses to, to, to self-inflect, to, to look at self and say, have I really overcome some things in my life? Am I still bothered by 40 years ago in Egypt? Does it still bother me? Or have I given it over to God? Until you wrestle it down in prayer. Say, God, I'm confronting self. I'm going to get over some things. I'm going to leave it at the altar. When you take action with confrontation of self, you begin the process of bringing the timeless word of God, the timeless prophetic word for your life, and you bring it to the timely. What that means tonight is there's, there's, a, there's a state of timelessness where we can say, I want God to use me. One day. I believe there's potential for my life. I believe that God wants a great work for my life. And you can talk to that person 10 years down the road. I believe there's potential for my life. You can find them 10 years later, there, there's potential for my life. God's, and you're wondering, man, you've been sitting there for 30 years, bro. You've been saying for 30 years, there's God's call, got a call in your life, and you've got potential, and on down the line, and I believe it. But it exists in a state of timelessness. One day down the road, I'll preach the gospel. One day down the road, I'll teach a Bible study. But when you begin to confront some things in your life, and you begin to take some action, you begin to bring the timelessness of words spoken over your life to the timely, the right now. The right now. The right now. God wants to do that. We've got to bring the invisible down to the visible. If we could stand, the musicians could come. There must be 
a bringing down of the invisible to the visible realm in which we, we live tonight. Making the world of endless possibilities a concrete world of reality. We could talk all day long about all the possibilities you and I could do. But until you and I begin to say, no, we're going to do it. We're going to begin the process tonight. Of seeing that dream, that prophetic word of God be made a reality. A concrete reality that I can touch, that I can see, that I can hold. I'm going to see it happen in my life. Maybe God's called you to the ministry. Maybe God's called you to a specific ministry. He said, one day, one day, one day, when everything is right, when the stars align, whatever. But that's timelessness. But God says, I want some timely actions in your life. I want some here and now, some concrete reality. I want to see God do a great work. I didn't even took a lot more notes. Well, we're out of time. That bringing down of the visible, the invisible to the visible realm is accomplished through a certain stripping away of the excess baggage and the trappings of one's life. There's got to be some stripping away where I say, God, I'm putting this aside. I'm taking this off, God. This garment of bitterness, this garment of strife, of confusion, this garment of my stubbornness, I'm putting it aside. I'm laying it down. The trappings. And I'm narrowing the possibility for you to move in my life. I'm saying, God, I want you to move in my life today. God, I want you to begin a new work in my life today. Hallelujah. Right where you are, if you feel God speaking to you, I want you just to lift your hand to the Lord and begin to talk to Him. Just you and Him. No looking around. Let's have our eyes closed. Let's just worship the Lord. God, I want you to talk to us tonight, God. God, I've delivered my heart, God. I've delivered my soul. God, they're singing, we're worshiping, we're talking to you, God. I'm praying, God, that you would, as a king of glory, as a God of heaven, you would begin to birth some things in people's hearts tonight, God. I am praying tonight, God, for some birthing to take place, God, in some people's hearts tonight, God. I am praying tonight, God, that